I want to read this. This is not my text today, but I want to read this out of Acts, first chapter. Verse 4 says this. This is not, this is not what I'm preaching on, but I want you to, to I'm going to read this, and I want you to put it in the back of your mind, okay? Put it in the back of your mind. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this is Jesus, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So that's Jesus speaking. John baptized with water. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, isn't it like us to worry about temporal things and wor worry about things of this world? They're, they're more concerned about the nation of Israel coming back. And Jesus says this, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Can I just say this? If you're in a season and you're not sure what to do, sometimes it's not us knowing. It's Sometimes it's God's timing and God's placement. But you shall receive, look at this, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So that's Jesus speaking there, giving us a promise of the Holy Spirit. I want you to just put that in the back of your mind and say, okay, I'll do my best with that, Pastor, and try to try to keep that back there. And um, I want to talk to you today. I'm going to shift gears here. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Galatians chapter 5. There's a, a, a million ways I could have went. I thought about going talking about the Holy Spirit. I read that just so you could get a, a reference of why, what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Jesus said he would send a comforter, and he sent a comforter, and the Holy Spirit. But I want to talk to you today about walking in the Spirit. Everyone say, walking in the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. I, 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 how many of, I love the book of Galatians. Anybody else? It's a challenging book. I like it. And uh, there's a lot in this fifth chapter that we could go over concerning the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to start in verse 25. Right before this, verse 22 through 24, it gives the... The fruit of the Spirit, talking about love, joy, peace, all those, patience, love, long-suffering. Um, but verse 25 says this. Will you do this with me? Will you read it with me? If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's read it again. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. God. I thank you for your word. God, it changes us. It moves us. God, I pray today, Lord, that we would receive. Receive this word today. God, I pray, Lord, that a light would be 
shown over our lives, that things would be revealed. God, that lives would be changed forever and ever. God, use me how you see fit today, God. I am your vessel. I am nothing without you. So, God, you take the steering wheel and, Lord, use me. God, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on and just, will you just give Jesus another hand clap of praise? I'm, I'm just... I want to talk to you about walking in the Spirit, and uh, how many is in your life you've ever felt like your life was just kind of mundane, and like it was the same thing over and over and over? I remember when I was in high school, I would I would get up like ten minutes before school started, no lie, and uh, roll out of bed, grab a Mountain Dew, go to first period, go to second period, go to third period fourth period, lunch, my favorite subject, then out of there, I would go to fifth, sixth, seventh period, depending on what time of the year it was, I'd go to practice, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed, then I'd get up the next day, 10 minutes before school started, roll out of bed, grab a Mountain Dew, go to first period, second period, third period. Anybody know what I'm talking about, where you just felt like you just kept doing the same thing over and over? And it's been said that the problem with life is that it's it's so daily. Sometimes it's just the same thing over and over and over, and many of you are like, oh, man, I feel that in my heart. And many people find their life mundane and predictable or unexciting, and I think that's why we oftentimes run to people on social media when people are posting stuff or where they're at and we're like, and we wish we could be them or be where they're at, you know, and all those good things. And, and we're, But, you know, sometimes life is like a merry-go-round with, without the merry. You just feel like you're just going around, going around, going around. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, an, an entomologist, Edward Watkins, he did a study on uh, processional caterpillars. Has anybody ever heard of this study? This was just amazed me. Um, but he took a pot, and in this pot, in the middle of this pot, he put like a plant or a succulent or something that caterpillars would love to eat on. Some of you are like, caterpillars love to eat on my plants right now, right? But And he took this pot, and he put this plant in the middle, and he took these processional caterpillars, and what he did was he put them on the edge of the pot one by one, and he just put a line where they, where they filled the whole rim of the pot. And it, this is amazing to me because these processional caterpillars – Without a leader, without a purpose, they begin to just walk around the rim of this pot over and over and over and over, one following the other, just watching the other one's backside, just kept going and going. And they were going around and round and round, and they did that for an hour, and then they did that for a day. They ended up doing that for a week until they finally starved to death. It's amazing to me that in life, sometimes we get in ruts and situations and in the middle, we're so busy doing what we're doing that in the middle, if we just turn our perspective, allow, say, God, help me to see perspective. There's, there's life sometimes. And these caterpillars, there was food and there was substance and there was life right there, but they were so busy doing what they do. How many 
who's ever felt like your life was like that. All right. And as believers, we don't just, I could say this, we don't just need movement. We need movement with purpose. We don't just need movement in our lives, but we need movement with purpose. And, and we establish that purpose when we know what God is telling us and what God is speaking to us. There's a lot of churches that are moving but are dry and dead. All right. That was quiet, but that's all right. You're listening. Um, we need to follow the Spirit's leading, not the culture, not church trends. And a, a church without the Spirit's leading it can often seem dry and life as Christians we're not supposed to be dry and boring it's just not supposed to be that way we should be the happiest people in the world we should be excited about everything when God does something we should be like that's cool you messed up my world Lord thank you for doing that I'm, I'm so glad Sula without even realizing it she came to me today she said pastor I feel like I need to give this word one song earlier I said mess us up today because I, I don't want to, the thing about the Lord, he's unpredictable sometimes. He's very reliable, okay. Don't, don't, don't mistake those things. But sometimes that, in that reliability, he says, hey, I'm going to do it this way because I can. I'm sovereign. Amen. And a, a spirit-filled life is not boring. It's not mundane. And Paul says this at the beginning of this verse. He says, if, if we live, but it could be more properly translated to since, since we live in the Spirit, okay? Look in our scripture. He says, if we live by the Spirit, but it, some of your newer translations may say, since we live by the Spirit. And we'll say, well, what's the significance there? And I say this, okay? An example of that would be is this. If we are all hungry, let's eat, all right? If we are all hungry, let's eat. Everybody agree with that? All right. Let's take that if out and say, since we are all hungry, let's eat. Still makes sense, right? Different sense, not S-I, all right? Still makes sense. So since we are hungry, let's all eat. So walking in the Spirit should be exciting, should be interesting, should be wonderful, should be a great way to live. And it's the direct opposite of routine and drudgery and predictability. I want to look at some people in scripture in the New Testament that that walked by the spirit I, just real fast here I don't want to I don't want to tarry long I'm going to give you a first example here was the Apostle Paul and you, you heard me talk about the Apostle Paul uh, we're going through Philippians on, on Bible study night on Wednesday night and I tell you what, it's just been challenging to me and you guys say some of you say well we really enjoy it. it's just as challenging to me as it is to you because when I dig into the Word of God it challenged me and, and I talked about this and how Paul was on a second missionary journey. He's going to Asia, and there he meets Silas and Timothy, and, and they're, they're trying to go in Asia and move about Asia and, and figure out to go see churches and to, to be there, churches that have been planted, and to, to give them a word and encouragement. And the scripture tells us that everywhere he went, the Lord stopped them and wouldn't let them go. I mentioned this in our in our Bible study. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. But I need you to understand something. Sometimes those steps are stops. The stops of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord also. 
say, what does that mean? So we always think the steps of a righteous man are ordered that we're always in some kind of movement. But sometimes God says, no. And that's just as much God as God saying, take the next step. Okay, something we just need to understand, and I, 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 I want to say that, and, look, and Paul's a great example of that. So Paul is there, and he's attempting uh, to go to this place that looks like, it looks like, it's almost like I'm clearing phlegm out of my throat, Phrygia, and Galatia. And when he wants to go there, God says, nope, can't go there, don't go there. And he stops him. And what I love about Paul is he's obedient to the Lord. Oftentimes, I don't know about you, when I don't get my way, me and the Lord butt heads. So I'll show you, I'll get there somehow. God's throwing up roadblocks. Our steps are ordered of the Lord, and I believe that our stops are ordered of the Lord. And sometimes we want it so bad, and the Spirit of God is saying, nope. And he's shutting the door, and there we are sitting there, and this is us. Come on, come on. And God's like, you don't know what's behind that door. I've got something greater. And look at this. So Paul, he finds himself. He finds himself is back to the sea there. And while he's there, the Macedonian man appears to him in a vision. And he says, hey, come over here. We need you here in Macedonia. Where's Macedonia? That's, that's in Greece. That's in, in, in southern Europe. So, so there he is in Asia. And so this man comes to him, and he has this vision, and he responds and guess what? He goes to where this man is. And, and this is where it's Philippi, which is, which is crazy, the city of Philippi. When he gets there, remember he saw a man, the Macedonian man, who told him to come over here. We need you. And when he gets there, he goes to, to the river where women are praying. And there Lydia's praying, and he runs into women, not even the man, not even the Macedonian man. I thought, man, that's, that's really unique. But through that, where he's there with Lydia, she begins to... With her help, her influence, and Paul, they start the, the church in Philippi. Now, you could, I don't know, some people may argue this, think that one of Paul's favorite churches was this church of Philippi because he gives them great accolades. A lot, if you read the book, he doesn't give them all the introductions. He was close to them. When you read the beginning of this, the book, it, he, you, in most books, he tells you who he was and all this and all his accolades. When Philippi, he just uh, he just talks to them like like he knew them very much, very much close. And so there he is. And the Spirit said, Paul, not Asia, but Greece. And I don't know about you, but when you're walking in the Spirit, you got to be willing to submit. you got to be willing to say, okay, God, your no is as good as a yes. So there he is. And the Spirit knows best. And I begin to think about this. While he saw the Macedonian man in his vision, it, 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 and I believe this, it was for a later time because the Macedonian man that I believe that he would see would be the guard that he was chained to, that he would preach the gospel to, would be saved. And so, anyways, so later Paul would be chained to that guard. So anyway, so, so there's one. Everyone say Paul. Here's another one. Peter. All right. Go to Acts chapter 10 if you want. You can. I'm not going to read anything, but you can go there. But Peter, and this story is unique. And one of the things about the Spirit of God, when you're moving in the Spirit of God, is it, it may not always seem like normal to you. There's, some, there's sometimes it challenges our thinking. And I was reading the story, and 
it began to challenge my thinking. And I was like, man, Lord, that's just so weird. Why would you do things that way? And, but that's just trusting in the Spirit. So flip back to Acts chapter 10. And Peter, he's sitting on this, the roof of Simon the Tanner. And he's, he's there looking out over the Mediterranean Sea and enjoying how many wish that you were on top of a roof looking out over the Mediterranean Sea right now. And that's where he is. And he's there. The Scripture says that he was hungry. And uh, he saw a vision. Some scriptures, some translation says he went into a trance and a, and a sheet or a scroll carrying all sorts of unclean animals that had been forbidden to eat by the Jews came down. And the law was given, and you need to understand this about the law, is the law was given to push people to Jesus and it had fulfilled its job. So Peter there, he's there and he sees all these unclean animals And, and he hears from the Lord, and the Lord says, hey, you're free now to eat these animals. That's the reason you can go to Wendy's and get a Baconator now, all right? How many love bacon? All right, all right. Then still hungry, after, after he saw this vision, he's sitting there pondering things. It's a wonder when you're hungry and God gives you a vision about food. I thought that was, I thought that was unique. And still hungry, he's pondering on things, and the Holy Spirit poke, spoke to Peter and said, in Acts chapter 10, verse 19, he said, hey, there's three men looking for you, just so you know. And let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, he's going to give you very direct directions. You know why? He knows what he's talking about. Sees all, sees all things. And he walked downstairs to find these three men and following them. He followed them back. They stayed the night. But the next day, they, he followed them back to Cornelius' house where they were all radically converted. And I'm sure when Peter was on the rooftop, Simon the Tanner's house, the last thing he was thinking about was preaching to a bunch of Gentiles. I'm just being honest. It was probably the last thing on his mind. But he was open to the Spirit of God. And because he was open to the Spirit of God, God used him in a, in a mighty way to reach the house of Cornelius. And like Paul and like Peter, when we walk in sync with the Spirit, it led them to places beyond their wildest dreams. All right, look at this. Here's the next one. Philip, in Acts chapter 8. Go back two more chapters. Kind of walking backwards today. Acts chapter 8, we see there's a great revival. and Philip is preaching there in the city of Samaria and, and responding to the ministry. Uh, and people there are responding to the ministry of Philip. Demons fled, souls were being saved, and joy filled the entire community. And suddenly in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, God tells Philip to leave Samaria and go to the desert. Now, I don't know about you, I've lived in the desert. There ain't a lot happening in the desert. I don't like leaving a good water source to go out to the desert. God was doing something in Samaria, and he told Philip, hey, you need to go out here to the desert got a plan, I've got a purpose for you to go out there and look at this. And Philip, being obedient, he didn't question, he just went. Some of you need to stop questioning what God's telling you, you just do it. All right. Sometimes obedience precedes understanding. You remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. Walking in obedience is better than what you give up obedient to the Lord, being obedient to the Spirit. So there's 
Philip, and he's in Gaza, and he saw an Ethiopian man in a chariot, some sort of political leader, a eunuch, and he was reading Isaiah, and he was just having a hard time understanding it. How many have struggled understanding the Bible sometimes? You're not the only one. This guy's there. And there, in Acts, uh, uh, he's reading Isaiah there. And Acts 8.30 says that Philip ran to him and began to explain the scripture to him. And the Ethiopian, he didn't understand it, but what it meant. So, so, so Philip began to explain it to him. And while going down the road, Philip is preaching to him, okay, and they see some water, and the Ethiopian eunuch wants to be baptized. And Philip asks him, hey, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart? And the Ethiopian says, yes. So they stop the chariot. They go in, get in some water, and he baptizes the Ethiopian and up from the water. Check this out. The Holy Spirit grabs Philip, takes him out, the, out, out of there. And, and the, the, the Ethiopian man sitting there by himself. I don't know about you. That's weird. Some of us don't know how to explain that. Sometimes understanding that. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us that the Ethiopian man, he's left there rejoicing and excited, and he just goes along his way. I don't know if the guy that just baptized me disappeared, I'd probably be like, what just happened? What just happened here? And But he's rejoicing, and and and, and so there he, he goes up, and Philip's away. And it's it's crazy to me because Philip is, is moved to this town called Azotus, which is about 40 kilometers north of where he's at. So he's baptizing, then all of a sudden he's 40 miles up. I don't know. It's pretty cool when you walk in the Spirit, when you're led by the Spirit. That's pretty amazing to me. And I believe what Jesus said, greater things than this shall you do, talking about himself. And I believe that what you're seeing there in Philip is those greater things. And I believe that we haven't activated that as a church and as a people of God. I believe greater things will follow us. Say, hey. Why do you always say, hey, let's get closer to God? Because here's, here's the statement that I'm going to make. Have you healed anybody with your shadow? You've still, you still got a ways to go. Okay? We're all growing. We're all, all getting closer. So, and, there, and so he goes 40, 40 kilometers up, and, and nothing about these stories, when I think about all these stories, seem boring or mundane. Matter of fact, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I've never been taken from one place. He just, he got on that Air Jesus plane and just went. Pretty cool. If nothing else, when we look at these stories, oftentimes we have a hard time contextualizing it. You know why? Because we're trying to do it in our own mind. Not what the Spirit of God was doing. And in Paul, we learned that the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit's no is just as important as his yes. And it may need not turn out exactly like we pictured it. Look at this. There's Peter. There he is. He's chilling at a beach house. Oh, Lord, let me be like Peter. Chilling at a beach house. Hungry. He sees a vision, and the Spirit tells him to go downstairs. And there's three men, and that Spirit would, would lead him to Cornelius' house, and they would be saved. And Philip leads a great revival to preach the gospel and baptize one man. One man. And now, you may not see the significance of that, but still to this day, in Ethiopia, there's still a revival that's happening. Okay? I don't have time to go into that, but there's still a revival that's still happening there. And so, in this, and, and, and perhaps you'd say, hey, I'd like to walk in the Spirit, but I don't see visions of men, and, and I don't see sheets dropping down, and I don't hear voices telling me to go to Gaza or go to places, and 
And I agree with you in theory, Pastor. I agree with what you're saying. And life should be exciting. And it should be meaningful and impacting and spirit-led. But how does that happen practically? And then let me, if you ask that question, I'm glad you asked. Look at this. Let me give you three points. I'm going to fly through these, hopefully. Hopefully. Lord willing. All right. Here's number one. The first thing we have to do if we want to be spirit-led is request. Someone say request. Jesus gave the the key to walking the, walking in the spirit, to walking the spirit-led life. Look at this. I'm going to show you this. Luke chapter 11, verse, verses 9, it says this. And I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. It's interesting to me that ask, seek, and knock in, in the Greek here are in the perfect tense. So what does that mean for you and to me? Look, look at this. It means to ask continually, to seek continually, to knock continually. God, if you ask, Jesus is telling us that ask, A-S-K, ask, seek, knock. I love that. And it means to continually seek the Lord, continually knocking. And it's not something we do once a week at church and we've put it down to that. And it's not something that we do once a year at a retreat or a conference. and We've made it that. But what we do, it's every day we say, hey, Lord, I need your help. So, Lord, I'm asking for help today. Lord, I'm seeking what you want me to do. Lord, I'm knocking on doors to walk where you've told me to walk. Lord, I need your help, and I want to be used by you. Give me sensitivity to the Spirit. Oftentimes, we're so worried about ourselves that we've neglected the sensitivity of the Spirit. You know why God can take a person like Philip and a person like Paul and a person like Peter? Because they were sensitive to the Spirit of God. Luke 11.10 says this. I want to show you something here. There's some great truths here. Jesus, he just said, ask, seek, knock. Now look at this. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, Finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. And what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Last time I checked, when my son asks for a fish, I don't go grab a snake and say, here you go, buddy. Look at this. And, and, uh, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. That might be just fun to do. Here you go. Here's an egg. Here's a scorpion. I'm just joking, okay? If you then are evil, talking about us, if you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give? Look at this. Look at the key here. Give the what? Give the what? Give the what? To those who ask Him. Some of you say, hey. What does it mean to be filled by the Holy Spirit? Have you and, and listen, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, when you are saved, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. But there's a difference between that and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, well, I'm scared of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, in Pentecostal ranks, we've messed up. We focused so much on the gifts sometimes that we 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 miss the the fruit of the spirit. It should be fruit and 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 the gifts. They should they should go together. They should work hand in hand. It's not one or the other. They're together. Okay. There's a combination there, and we've messed up and we've made it spooky and weird. 
I'm being real here. I'm being real. But if it's done in, 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 in right and in love, let me tell you something. There's, it's the real deal. It can't be counterfeited because only those moments when you come down here and you're strung out on drugs or your marriage is broken from God, Holy Spirit changes situation in an instance. And that's the real move of God. And this is what we're, this, to get it, you got to ask. It's a gift. It's a gift that God's giving us. The, it's what he gave. And some people say, hey, that was just for the apostles then. Then why did Jesus say, hey, greater things than this shall you do? It's for us today. It, it's for us today, okay? And, and, and here's the thing. All you have to do is ask God. Ask him. Seek him. You have not because you ask not. And it kind of reminds me of my kids when they want something and they're afraid to ask me. And they'll just be like, him hoe around. And, Why are you hanging around, Jaylee? I don't know. What do you want to ask me? Well, I was wondering, Dad. Can Braden come over? You'll not get an answer if you don't ask. No, I, I, we love Braden. Kind of. All right. First thing is request. Request. Everyone say request. Second thing right here. This, I love this. Relax. Everyone say relax. Look at your neighbor say relax. All right. So often we stress and we panic and we try to work in our own fleshly desires try to accomplish God's will in our lives. We try to accomplish God's will for our life. You know how, you know how crazy that statement is? God, I'm going to accomplish your will in my life. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it happens, right? And when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit, this is what I know about the Holy Spirit. He will do all the heavy lifting if we'll just take our hands off. That's, that's what I've learned in my life, and, and all we got to do is just relax. I love that. And we, 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 Try to lead the spirit instead of walking in the spirit. That sometimes, sometimes that's us. We're just trying to lead the spirit to where we want to go. And, and God says, this is not how it works. You follow me, not the other way around. And, and I think there's a great story here in, in 1 Samuel chapter 9. We see Saul, and this is before he's the king. Not Saul, Paul, but Saul, King Saul, before David. And he's looking for his father's donkey struggling with this and he's just having a hard time I don't know about you how many have ever lost your father's donkeys I figured maybe some of you Springville people might be able to say yes that's happened <laughs> I'm just joking I'm just joking oh we do have one no I'm just kidding all right and he had lost the livestock his father's livestock and and Saul being the good son that he was, he's, he's concerned. He's like, man, I got to find these donkeys. I got to go find these donkeys because my father, and his dad's name was Kish. Pretty cool name. I don't know. Might want to name your dog that. Just saying. Kish, the dog, all right? And, and he's, he's worried about how his dad's going to respond. And unable to find the lost livestock, Saul was about to return home and em empty-handed when he heard about a man who could help him. I love this story. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, it says in verse 18, it says, then Saul approached Samuel in, in the gate and said, tell me where the house of the seer is. Not talking about seers, okay, that's S-E-A-R. 
the seer would be a prophet. Tell me where the house of the seer. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Robux, no. Go up before me to the high place, for today you shall eat with me. And in the morning I will let you go and will tell you what is on your mind. Not, not, not Samuel's mind. I'm going to tell you what's on your mind, Saul. It's pretty amazing to me. In verse 20, it, it, it goes on, and I, I, won't, I won't read it, but it, it, he tells him, Samuel tells Saul, he says, hey, stop worrying about the donkeys. That's all Saul's thinking about. I got to find these donkeys. These donkeys, Gish is going to be mad at me. Donkeys, 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 donkeys. And Samuel's like, forget about them. They're not important. And, and I'm going to tell you, for every New Testament principle to be led in the spirit, for every New Testament principle, there's an Old Testament example. And I'm going to show you something here. This is amazing to me. It says, here's Saul looking for his donkeys. We're like Saul. We're people. We want to do what's right. We're trying our best. We think we know what's best, and we're out chasing donkeys. Not sure. And, and, and then there's Samuel, who is, who is a type of the Holy Spirit here, who is giving guidance and direction. So Saul hears about this man, and he goes there, and he says, hey, I need your help. And Samuel says, oh, hey, God's got a plan for you. Stop worrying about the donkeys. Stop worrying about the donkeys. Stop stressing about the donkeys. And so bunches of us are searching high and low for lost donkeys in our lives and desiring to come to the Father with something of substance in our lives, and we wander aimlessly and return empty-handed time and time again. It's because we're doing it in our own flesh. We struggle with the job. We struggle with a house. We struggle with a career, a relationship. While those things seem important, they're really just donkeys compared to the bigger issue. I'm going to show you something here. In comparison to the kingdom of God, your job is not eternal. When you die, all the money that you've made from your job will not go to the grave. Well, you could take it to the grave, but it's not going to be any good. Those things are temporal, but let me tell you something. The kingdom of God is eternal, and there's, there's a perspective here. When we walk in the spirit, our perspective changes. You're saying, TJ, should I quit my job? No. Don't be dumb. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. I didn't say that. It's what Scripture says. Okay? So... So you, you got to be wise. you got to know what the Scripture says. you got to put it up against the Scripture. But listen, sometimes we, we focus so much on the donkeys in our lives that we're missing the big picture here. Are, are you following me? The Lord calls us to significant service to touch people's lives and impact the world. And the Holy Spirit is saying, just like Samuel said to Saul, stop worrying about the donkeys. Stop talking about it, Saul. Knock it off. I know what's right, and I know where they are. This is crazy. This story is pretty amazing to me. Look, so Saul, he stops worrying about the donkeys, and he goes forward. And, and, and this is amazing to me because then he goes to the table, and he fellowships with Samuel. How many, when's the last time you, you, you came to the table and fellowshiped with the Holy Spirit? 
obedient here. I love this about Saul. Now, Saul made some mistakes later in life. But in this moment, his motives are 100% pure. He is being obedient to what the prophet's telling him. He's like unsure. He's like, I'm really worried about my donkeys. And Samuel's like, stop worrying about the donkeys. Matter of fact, come here. We're going we're gonna to feed you. But look at this. We have a bed set up for you. One of the things about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will lead you to a place of rest and a place of sustenance. When you feel weak in your spirit, He'll give you rest and He'll give you sustenance. So everyone say, relax. Stop worrying. Stop worrying about trying to make things happen in your time and in your power, but let the Spirit of God lead you. I'm going to ask the, the rest of the worship team to come. Here's the last thing I want to I leave with you today. Everyone say, receive. Receive. So what happened when, when Saul went to Samuel's table? This is what happened in chapter 10. Samuel tells him, stand while he's at the table eating with Samuel. And they gave him the choice cut of meat is what it says. They gave him the tomahawk ribeye. Man, I wish I was Saul right now. All right, look. And so there he is, and, he, and, and Samuel tells him to stand. And when he began to stand, Scripture tells us that he began to anoint him with oil. Saul, you were worried about donkeys, but you didn't realize that God was going to use you to lead a nation. You're so busy focusing on these things, and God's like, there's something bigger. There's something better. There's something greater. You just got to request. Relax. Here's the last thing. Just receive. Everyone say it again. Say receive. How many times are we worked up about the donkeys in our lives? You want to walk in the anointing? You want to walk in the anointing in your life? No? No? Okay, some of you do. <laughs> I know this is a little bit different, but I believe that God's doing something. I believe that God's going to do something in some lives. Do what Saul did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Do what Paul did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Do what Peter did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Do what Philip did. Forget about the things that are temporal. Lay your agenda aside. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. Sounds so simple, right? Some of us are like, man, that's so hard. That's so tough. And, and go to the table that God has given you and Meet him at the table and say, God, nourish me with the word of the Lord. He'll give you the prime cut of, of scripture and let you gnaw on that, the best of the best. Can I tell you, this is the best right here. If you gnaw on this, this will, will, will sustain you. It will keep you and he'll give you rest. And, and he wants to commune with, he wants you to commune with him at his table. Stand still in his presence and receive his anointing. In verse 2 in, in chapter 10, Samuel says, not only does God have bigger plans for you, Saul, those donkeys you were so worried about. I like how God worked here. Saul was completely worried about the donkeys. Samuel was like, okay, we have anointed you king. One last thing. This is how cool God is. He just buttons things up. He's like, you know those donkeys you're really worried about? Guess what? They've already been found. Already been squared away. Matter of fact, your dad's more concerned about where you are right now than where the donkeys are. And I love this because if you read this in chapter 10, Samuel gives him very, very precise directions. 
And let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, He will give you precise directions. It won't be, it won't be obscure. You'll know that you know that you know. He says, hey, Rachel's tomb, you'll find two men there. And he gives them some instructions, and, and there they are. And then he says, hey, the donkeys are taken care of. And when we begin to walk in the Spirit of God, when we begin to be led by the Spirit of God, when we chew on his word, when we're anointed by, 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 by the Spirit of God, and we're walking and we're stopping and we're staying in step with the Spirit, guess what? All the donkeys that we're concerned about are taken care of. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. If we're going to do it, let's do it. I like this because in every moment, in every moment, do you want, do you want the key to success right here? In every moment of your life, life, put the kingdom of God first. Put it first. My problem is, and your problem is, we put it behind our family and behind our job. But if the kingdom of God is number one, things fall into line. That's the way it works. All we have to do is request, ask, seek, knock. Hey, Lord, I need you to lead me by your Holy Spirit. I need you to guide me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I haven't been filled with your Holy Spirit, but Lord, will you give me the gift of the Holy Spirit? Will you lead and guide me? I want to know what, what, what pastor's talking about. Like, Philip, I, will you just use me in that way? Will you use me to reach my coworkers? Will you use me to heal the sick, Lord? I'm willing. Ask, seek, knock. Relax. Stop trying to do it all in your own power. It's not about you. It's about him. Put the kingdom of God first. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Last thing, receive. Open your heart. Watch the spirit of God move in. Now begin to think about this, and I won't keep you too much longer here. Everyone said amen. I saw who all said amen. As I was going over this word and walking in the spirit of God, following his leading, I begin to think about how I got here to this place, and I begin to think where I came from. Many of you don't know this. Some of you may know this. I came, I came from California, and I was serving in California and doing, I was fine. I was content doing what I was doing had it set the way I liked it, the way in my own powers, <laughs> controlled. And I begin to just sense in my heart that God was doing something in me, transforming me, changing me. Got the call, hey, would you be interested in coming here? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. I don't know if I have the ability. I don't know if I have the strength to do that. I don't there's a lot of questions, a lot of what ifs. But as I begin to just pray about it, God just begins to just say, hey, just follow my steps. Just follow my steps. And I begin to be obedient. And I thought, well, I'll send a resume. And then I got a call back. And I just begin to follow his steps. And I was like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I remember coming here, and I wasn't 100% sure about coming here. And the day that I came here, I, I, told, I told the board, I said, I don't think I'm going to be ready to make an answer that night. And I remember after, after, after preaching Sunday morning, and I remember coming in here on, on a Sunday night, and I remember going back there and talking to my family, and things were revealed to me in that moment that, hey, your steps are ordered. Don't worry about your donkeys. Don't worry about, don't worry about where you're going to live. 
Don't worry about all this. I got you in the palm of my hand. There's something about walking in the spirit that's so freeing, that's so awesome. And I want that for you today. Listen to me with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. I want to give you a moment to respond to the spirit of God. And I believe he's ordering your steps. And I believe that he's got you in the palm of his hand. And maybe you've just neglected to ask and neglected to seek. Maybe you did. You didn't get the answer you wanted. Scripture says continually asking, continually seeking, continually knocking. And maybe you're worried about all the donkeys and all the situations. Can I tell you this? God's saying, relax. I've got this. Today, he's saying, receive it. You're here, and I want to give you a chance to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I know this isn't really a salvation army. I just, or a salvation sermon, not an army. Salvation sermon. I don't know why I said that. But the Spirit of God, you, you felt the Spirit of God at this service. I want to give you a chance to know Him. And that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit to be speaking to you today. To say, hey, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. With no one looking around, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you want to know Jesus, lift up your hand. Anybody in the building? Thank you. Anybody else? Will you do this? Will you pray this prayer with us? Say, Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the grave. You ascended to heaven. And you sit at the, the Father's right hand. Lord, I ask you to, to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I confess with my mouth, Lord, all my sins, all my shortcomings, and all my failures. Lord, that I ask you to be the Lord of my life in Jesus' name. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that salvation today.